What's up, everyone? You're listening to the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast, where you can get real, honest opinions about films that are opening in your theaters soon, and every once in a while, an older film as well. So stay tuned. Enjoy what you're hearing. Don't forget to like us and follow us on social media at VS Movie Podcast. You know how all that works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But <laughs> now that we're talking, I'm just going to roll right into this and go, okay. hi, everyone. And welcome to the Visually Stunning Movie Podcast. I am Mark, uh, and speaking with me tonight is Chris from the Cult Film Companion Podcast. Uh, we just got done with a great talk about a movie that he wanted to talk to for uh, talk about for his podcast. Now we're going to talk over here something a little more. I'm going to say it's a little more upbeat than the film we just talked about with you, uh, <laughs> and that's that's uh, I don't know if that's really saying anything at this point. Uh, but let's talk the 1979 George Miller classic, Mad Max, the film that gave us Mel Gibson. Yeah, pretty uh, much. And, 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 and really kind of kickstarted the post-apocalyptic film genre as we know it today. Right. Although... Uh, upon rewatch, because my history with the Mad Max franchise, the first one that I saw was Beyond Thunderdome because that was PG-13. So I could rent that at a younger age. And then I went backwards and I actually did Beyond Thunderdome, probably Road, Road Warrior. Warrior, and then Mad Max. And that's kind of the way that I did the Rambo series. And it's always interesting when you do the, when you do these franchises backwards where they started from is so different to where we are today. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, let's talk Mad Max. You think Mad Max now? You say Mad Max now, everyone goes right to Fury Road. Tom Hardy, Fury Road. Uh, which yeah. a, a, a long-awaited, but not necessarily wanted, sequel to those original three movies. But it was George Miller coming back to his own franchise and they cast Charlize Theron and they cast Tom Hardy to to step into the uh the boots of of Mel Gibson um and 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 people loved it people went ape oh, shit for it yeah. um, now you're right now if you look at that and then you look at Beyond Thunderdome and then you look at Road Warrior <laughs> and then you come back to 1979 Mad Max most people today do not know a, they don't know two things. They don't know that they don't know what Max's last name is and that he has one. And they do not know what he did, what his job was. So they actually have no idea how this, what they know is this, this anti-hero. They don't know how he came to be. No, uh, it, it's, it's shocking. Um, it it, it is. 
because we see Max Rockatansky uh, <laughs> as a member of the police force. Yeah, he's a driver. Uh, he drives an interceptor, and he attempts to maintain law and order in a society that has not yet completely collapsed. But it's getting there. It is um, getting there. You see, it's like it's not post-apocalyptic. It's like intra-apocalyptic. Right. It's like yeah, we. It, it, it is the process. There's no like mass nuclear war that destroys civilization. It is. It is. It is just, you know, it's it's war, it's famine, it's disease, it's just all of these things, social upheaval, and, and society is just kind of on this downward slope. Um, and when we meet Max in this film, um, there's still a legal system. The Hall As of we Justice. learn about halfway through. There right. there's lawyers and courts and judges. So this it I mean, it's not street you know, it's not, you know, mob rule. Um, but you know, the gangs are out there. You see all of these things that evolve uh, into what you eventually wind up seeing now in, in Fury Road. Um, and so it's it's interesting. Most people don't know that, that Max is a cop, which explains so much of his behavior across the next three films. Not only is Max a cop, he was a husband and a father, and he, which he explains is- even more of his behaviors but you never, I mean, after this movie, that's never addressed. Nope. Ever. There is Goose. And it, yeah, it, right. I was uh, going to say, so, another thing people think of, when they think of Top Gun, they think of Maverick and Goose. What about Max and Mad Max? Max and, and Goose. Goose was there first. You're right. And another um, thing, I mean, the biggest thing that I picked up on is, <laughs> it's, you don't realize how much he talks because he talks in this movie. He talks to his wife. He has deep conversations with his wife, his partner. He seems completely antisocial for obvious reasons. And the, the later know, films, yeah. Fury Road is like notorious. Like for he probably has less than a hundred lines of dialogue in that entire movie. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's it, it, it's a, it's a very different Max, but it. It all makes sense. Like if you went back now, if you've never watched it, but you, I mean, go ahead, do it like you did. Watch Fury Road, then watch Thunderdome with Tina Turner, then watch Road Warrior. Because Road Warrior really set, that's that's where the universe got set. And mm-hmm. that is the film that every post-apocalyptic film after, that is not a Mad Max film, that's the one that you can link back to, is, is the Road Warrior. But then you go back to Mad Max and you see all the seeds that grow into uh, the road warrior and beyond. And in all of these other films um, that it opens, I think it's great uh, with a, with just a title card that says a few years from now hmm. in 1979. And you're thinking, well, you know, it's kind of a few years from then. Uh, and you look around and you see, you see a lot of similarities. It's, it, it's, it's prescient in many ways. Um, I do think I, I, I didn't realize this, um, there's a street sign in the opening scene uh, when Max is by the side of the road listening to the cop radio. He's working on his car. He's got the hood up and he's working on it and he's listening to the radio calls. But the street sign that points toward the road that he winds up and where the first big car chase is, is Anarchy Road. And I was like, my God, how great a callback would that have been if it had been Mad Max Anarchy Road instead right. of Fury Road? I mean... There's- Fury Road fits Furiosa. Yeah. 
And I kind of get that, but I'm just thinking, you know, Anarchy Road would have worked just as well. And she still could have been Furiosa. But that would have been just a perfect callback. Um, but yeah, so that was just a missed opportunity. And uh, let's, you, you mentioned that Max talks a lot. Uh, let's not forget that um, in the American release and European release or British release, I guess, dub, all dub. voices were dubbed because nobody thought that Americans and British people could understand the thick Australian accents. Yeah. Um, but if you listen, I swear Mel Gibson did his own overdubs or they got someone that sounds exactly like the way he sounds when he's using an American accent. I'm pretty sure he did his own because the, I, I we were talking before we started the episode. I showed you the uh, Mad Max anthology that I got. The Mad Max Blu-ray that comes with this anthology has the option of the original Australian um, sound. Really? Which is what? Which it, yes, which is great because I, um, that's the way I usually watched it. But when I rewatched for today. I had never gone back to listen to the dub version. So I went back and listened to it. And there's one character in particular that voice does not match at all. And it's the chief, the guy. Fifi. Yes. There's one scene where he's topless with a scarf, watering plants. Yep. And that's when Mad Max, when Max, um, resigns for the police force but like his voice doesn't match up but i would i i'm pretty sure that mel gibson either that or they got a spot on impersonator but yeah if you could track down the the mad max anthology you can listen to the original australian uh audio and that that's kind of the way that i usually watch it so. uh and let's 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 not uh, miss the obvious irony in that hollywood now has a tendency to cast australian actors as right. Americans, because they sound more American. Right, of course. <laughs> so I just, I, that, you know, oh, how the tables have turned. Uh, so, so yeah, so it, it, we get to watch Max kind of navigate this. And th- this is not an action movie either. No. It has a couple of action sequences. Um, but it's, it's, it's like part family drama. It's, mm-hmm. uh, and by the end, and I, I had forgotten that, like the re- it's a revenge film, but like the revenge part of the movie is ten minutes long. It's mm. literally like the last ten minutes of the film, uh, and the it's rest very of it much an origin story. It, it um, is, uh, uh, but it's a good origin story, and it's a brilliant origin story. It's like it's kind of like um, half of Batman Begins, um, just. Because the movie's not long either. I think it's an hour and a half. And yeah, all, I think it's the shortest of the four, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, it has to be. It has to be. Uh, but yeah, you're right. It's it's kind of like half Batman Begins. But like if if that half, like Commissioner Gordon was trying to turn Bruce Wayne into Batman. Right. Because Max is just, he just wants to be a cop. But that gets too stressful. But he's good at what he does. And they want again, society's collapsing. And so the chief says it, you know, people don't believe in heroes anymore. And he wanted to give them a hero. He wanted Max to be that hero, not himself, which I thought is great. Most people, you know, in the downward spiral, you know, if you watch any other post-apocalyptic thing, the guy that takes charge is normally the one that wants that. He wants that glory and wants that position. Um, Negan comes to mind. 
Uh, he just caught, you know, in Walking Dead. So, but the chief doesn't want that. He 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 knows Max is the guy. Max is is not that guy. But he becomes Mad Max, and he, it's not angry Max. It's it's kind of it's you know damaged Max. Well, and I think that's why it's great that it's called Mad Max because you know people will think mad, angry, but also people think mad like you're you've gone mad like you're yes. a little you're a little tapped upstairs. But between the the death of uh, his best friend and partner Goose, and then the death of his wife and kid. I mean, he's he's Snap. off the Yeah. Well, and 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 he establishes George Miller establishes through the film that Max. I mean, just the job and the situation that he's in every day. They've already pushed him, which is why he wants to quit. Yeah. Um. Uh. Then there, there's some. Uh, you know, the franchise is known for, for its car work. It's, you know, it's, it's racing. It's damn, you know, these road battle scenes. And like, there's a couple of those in here, but the great part, uh, the great thing in this is you see the birth of the V8 interceptor that he drives through the next two movies. Um, and actually the third, I, I guess, I guess even he starts with it in Fury Road. Right. Or a yeah. version of it, but you see that cause that's, that's a bribe, which I thought is great. I always thought that was a great thing. They, they, they're trying to keep him there because they know he loves cars. And they, they, the cops literally put together a car that he can't resist driving to try right. to keep him being a cop. Um, and so, yeah, so that's, that's just awesome. You get, you know, there are famous cars in every, you know, you know, there's the Batmobile in all of its iterations. Then there's Max's V8 Interceptor. And, and you get, you know, it's, an or, it's Max's origins, but it's that car's origin too. Which right. is great. And, you know, to get to that point, you get to see all the politics behind that. So, like, again, it's, this isn't really an action film per se. It's this really weird mix of things that that come together to create this character from which now three more movies have, have spawned. And, really, again, the whole kind of idea of this post-apocalyptic wonderland. Uh Right. I think it's it's so interesting though because the the later three movies we do get some really intense car chases, but those car chases are through barren deserts and wastelands. Here we've got chases down like highways where there's still people. Like there's a there's, there's a scene where a little kid is gets almost gets yeah. out of the stroller and is he's crawling through. I'm so like, and it's impressive just just the fact that George Miller. I think he was an emergency room surgeon before he became a director, if I'm not mistaken. And he he was like to go from emergency room surgeon to creating Mad Max and um, basically creating Aussie Aussie exploitation or exploitation, whatever they call it, um, with this very gritty movie. But I kind of like the fact that the car chases here are still. We're still dealing with a civilization. Yes, the the edges are very, very frayed and rapidly unraveling. Um, but I mean, like you said, there's so much going on. There, there's issues with him and his wife, and there's issues with um, corrupt lawyers and corrupt court systems, and people are, you know, they're. He say he what is he says it's becoming like a rat race outside and he's like uh, the scary part is, is I'm starting to enjoy it and yeah 
we get the beginning of like these absurd names that people have. We've got a night rider. We've got a toe cutter. Um, I'm trying to think who else we have. They're they're referred to as nomads. Um, like um, this this biker gang. Yeah. Kind of. That. Uh, real quick, did you notice? And I, I had forgotten it. Uh, the, the The whole opening sequence is um, the Night Rider and his girlfriend were being arrested, and they they beat the cops up, and they stole their interceptor, and they're so they're right. leading other cops on a chase. And you know he's on the radio and he's screaming, "You'll remember the Night Rider." Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary and all this other garbage and then he gets to the point where he breaks down crying to his girlfriend and I I, I didn't realize it uh, at the time or, or in earlier viewings but I watched it he, he's crying and she's almost trying to comfort him and he goes it, he's like it's it's all gone it's all it's all gone it's all going away and you realize that he is the way he is because he's ahead of Max on the mad curve he sees where the society's going. It's like, he's broken. He's not just some, some douchebag. Like he's as broken as everyone else because of the world that, that he finds himself in. And it's, it's, it's a really quick little cut in that chase scene. But if you catch it, you're like, wow, that's really awesome. Yeah. It's, you know, and given the fact that we're dealing with, you know, other than Mel Gibson, I don't think that I can't, I couldn't name anyone in the cast off the top of my head. The acting, and, and I'm speaking as someone that's, that's watched several times with the original um, Australian dialogue, so maybe it's not as distracting, but the, the, uh, because when I watched the dubbed, some of the acting kind of loses its way because you have somebody, right? you know, the body's not matching up with the voice sometimes, but the acting's pretty solid, um, given the fact that what we're dealing with relatively unknown people in a very low-budget movie for the time. Yeah, um, and speaking of which, the the choreography of these, like you said, there's a very small fraction of time devoted to the what would become the trademark of this series of the the car chases and a lot of prolonged action sequences, but they're handled and framed and shot very very. Um, exceptionally well, like brilliant, like brilliant camera setups and different ways of capturing a car driving by and everything. You know, making it feel fresh throughout the movie. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, and there's a lot of ways that they they imply more speed. You know, they use a lot of low angle drive-bys. Um, there are there are spots where obviously the film has been sped up. Yes, to, to give the 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 appearance of speed. Um, but again, it's 1979, um, and you actually couldn't do a lot of the driving that they ostensibly do on the roads that they're doing it uh, in this as you watch it. So, but yeah, you, you see all of those those hallmarks. Um, I had forgotten that there was a fake semi front. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had to rewind. I went, yeah, that's what I just saw uh, at, at one point. But it's like, oh, you know, you can't destroy every car. No. You have to protect the really expensive Optimus Prime. And there's some, and there's some really gnarly stunts in this. Like the one, there's a stunt where Goose is on his motorcycle. and he Oh, and it locks up and he drives off the road and he flies? He yeah. fl- like he flies. Well, wow. and then there's uh, the there. Uh, yes, the stunt guys on this. I don't know how much they got paid, but it wasn't enough. No. Um, but the 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 scene where Max is uh, he's chasing down some of them, and two of them crash, and they come off their bikes, and the bikes are sliding on, and they're on the bridge. Yeah. You see this, the the one stunt man gets hit in the back of the head with one of the motorcycles sliding by. That's real. Oh yeah. It's it's like. Oh my God. You know, they didn't shoot like two different things and cut to like different sides of the, they, they did one stunt shot it and the scene they kept, or they kept it. And the guy catches a motorcycle tire to the back of his helmet and you see his head. So, you know, tweak hard and you're just like, wow, he, he probably took the rest of the day off after that. Well, he's and, a stunt man. He probably didn't take the rest of the no, day off. He probably yeah. he was an Australian stunt man. He probably said, "I'm all right." Just give me a Foster's. I'll be. Fine. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so, but no, yeah. So the stunt work is is impeccable. The the, the cinematography is great. Yes. You forget how well it it is it is in fact shot. Um, yeah, the acting on the dubbed the dubbed scene. Yeah, you have to you, you have to, but you can see what's there, right? And you're just like, well, if they just change the voice, it's all still there. So, uh, so yeah, the performances are good. Um, it's just, it's just one of those movies that you can watch it and it, it it's separate from the other three Mad Max movies, but, but it's so good that I immediately wanted to watch the road warrior after this. Yeah, I would, I, I, to... I can skip Thunderdome unless I'm in the right mood. Uh, but, but Thunderdome also has some, some cool stuff. And the, the actual fight in the Thunderdome is badass. Oh, yeah, no kidding. That's great. Um, but, I mean, yeah, like, I could do without parts of Thunderdome. But, I mean, Mad Max, The Road Warrior, and then Fury Road, like, that's like an action orgasm, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> it's it, it doesn't suck. No. That, that, is, that is for sure. And especially, I mean... I, what I really like, and, and I, I mean, and, and it come, it started with Mad Max, but doing everything in camera that he could, George Miller, like this. If you watch the behind the scenes stuff with Fury Road, like no other director would want to do the amount of crazy stunt work. Yeah. Um. I mean that's the that's devotion to your craft, and it well, starts. And, well, to be fair, a lot of that was the stunt guys saying, "Well, I and I know on Fury Road, yeah, uh, was the the pole cats especially uh, those guys on the pole. You know, he George Miller didn't think he was going to be able to do that, and the stunt guys, well, give us a day to see what <laughs> we can figure out. 
Right. And they said, yeah, we, we, we think we can do that. So yeah, you probably had to shoot it four, five, six, 10, 12 times to get all the angles and shots that you wanted and to actually make it work. But the fact that the stunt guys were like, yeah, we're going to go up on this 40 foot flexible pole, right? swing back and forth around moving cars and, and then jump off onto another vehicle. That's like, and I, George Miller, I mean, if you say, okay, and they've signed, sure, that that's what you're going to get. But yes, his, his, there was a lot of CGI in Fury Road. Um, but at its, at its core, it's still about the physicality of the driving and the crushing and the people doing things as much as humanly possible. And, and like, you know, compare that to any fast and furious film. And I promise you it is far and away ahead of of whatever they're doing, uh, you know, from a car standpoint, I mean, the ridiculous car shit aside, uh, the magnet cars and the, the, the Mustang on the hook and the helicopter, uh, forget that That garbage. But I mean, just the practical stuff, I'm fairly certain, uh, that, that he is just leaps and bounds ahead of them, uh, on, on that. And, and again, he, he, he always frames it to where you, where you're in the action, but you can see all of the action. It's, it's, it's a weird dynamic. You, you, you never feel like you're missing anything. No, no matter how big the scale is, you, you never feel like he's having to cut something out that you need to see. No. And to, to all that though, like sometimes you want something a little smaller scale, like, because I enjoy the character of Max so much that I find myself coming back to the original more so than I thought that I originally would, given my history with the franchise and this coming in, you know, kind of, um, you know, like the third one that I saw. But there's something so intimate about this movie. Um, it, it doesn't have, and that's what I've I've watched this movie with friends, and some of them have said, well, it's not, it doesn't have all the action that the other ones do. And some, one person said that he thought the ending was very anticlimactic. Which I could see where he was coming from. Uh, to me, it worked though, um, because I don't know. I'd like to. I, did George Miller have this thought out in his mind, like the Road Warrior, like what he was going to do on such a larger scale? I, I don't know because Road Warrior was only two years later, right? And I, I, I'm pretty sure that. America didn't really get a taste of the first Mad Max until after the popularity yeah. of the Road Warrior. Yeah. So it's just, but to me, uh, there's something that I like about this that I like seeing this character become Mad Max because he's actually of the partners between him and Goose. He's the cool-headed one. He's the level-headed one of yep. the of the two. There's a scene where um. They're going back to the halls of justice and the chief is like, you're going to have to sit on goose. And he's like, why? He's like, he yeah. just looks at him. He's like, because when he finds out that your, your two collars are getting free, he's going to flip out. And yeah, he's the level headed one here until it's one of those things. It's like a man pushed too far. It's like, yep. you get to that point and like, yeah, it, he's like a time bomb and like, but he said, he knows that he's a time bomb. Yeah, he acknowledges that halfway yeah. through. But yeah, he, and what's what's funny though is that he's never reckless. Nope. He's very deliberate in his violence. 
he mm-hmm. never, I, you know, he snaps and it's just like, okay, I guess I'm going to have to go kill these people now. He doesn't say that, but you, but that, you know, you, you can see it in his head. It's like, well, guess I'm going to have to go on a high octane revenge spree. And he goes out and he just, but nothing is, everything is very deliberate. You know, he handcuff your ankle, drag him over to the car, click. Here's your, here's your hacks. You know, it's never, I'm just going to run these guys down and, right. and you know, whatever, get out and kick them in the balls or whatever. It, that's not what he does. And then, but, and that even, you know, you look at road warrior, he's never careless. Everything. He's always, what's the plan. He's always planning. Right. He, he always tries to have an out. He always, what's the, what's the least stupid way I can accomplish what I need to accomplish. He's never goes, I think I'm just going to go scavenge in this, you know, just roll in here and check stuff. And it's like, no, 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 no. I, he will literally camp out for three days and make a plan. Right. You know, and if he doesn't need to do something, he doesn't. So that's that, that aspect of his character is, is pretty consistent. I mean, and, and even, you know, the, everyone's favorite line from Fury road, you know, when Tom Hardy, you know, that's bait, you know, that that's, that's, that's how Max survives everything. That's bait. Yeah. yeah. It's like, until it's not, it's bait. Right. You know, you know, you, and you might get him, but not because he wasn't thinking about it, you know? Well, uh, and you brought up the, you brought up the, the handcuff on the ankle and the hacksaw. I got to think that uh, another Australian film, the first Saw movie totally stole the ending from Mad Max. Oh yeah. Um, which, I mean, good for you. Like you said, we were talking about uh, when we had our conversation about another movie, you, you, you crib from the best, you take from the best. So, of course, you know, and that's but that's such a weird thing to kind of steal from from something. But, yeah, that's that that's the kind of person Max is. I mean, but I like watching the whole thing because, like you said, you see this character develop. It's. It's kind of like a character study, if anything. You, you got the drama, you got some action, but it's very much a character study of Max and his personal life and the way that he deals with his wife and trying. He cheers her up with a goofy mask and just. I mean, there's some really sweet moments in this. And of course, you know that he's going to have a dog companion further down the line. His best friend's going to be a dog because they have a dog in this. In this yep. movie, and unfortunately, yes, the dog is butchered. But I mean, I mean, yeah, there's so much to love about this movie. This this whole series, like even Thunderdome, with its with its issues and being toned down for a PG thirteen. This is one of those anthologies that, like, I could sit down and watch all four, and you know, because there would be worse ways to spend a day. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, you know, so, uh, yeah. So, um, any, any final thoughts on Mad Max besides telling people to go watch it? You go watch it. And if you can get your whole hands on it, I cannot recommend the original Australian. Uh, this is like seventies Hollywood being like, they're not going to be able to understand if you can understand crocodile Dundee, you'll be fine. I mean, yeah. there's nothing and I do think that Mel Gibson did his own dubbing, but um, yeah, get the original audio if you can, because especially Chiefy or Thiefy or whatever Thiefy, whatever Thiefy. his name, something. Then some of the voices are just off, and it, it, 
ever since I've gotten this anthology collection with the original, I think that's kind of maybe why I come back to the, the first one so much because I hadn't seen it as much. And now that I've got it with the, the original audio, it's, it just makes it that much better. It's such a great start to this franchise. Um, just an absolutely brilliant movie. And, um, yeah, it's kind of fun to come back to, to where it all begins sometimes. So, yeah, Mad Max, if you haven't seen it, watch it. Love it. Yep. Um, Chris, tell everyone where they can catch uh, Cult Film Companion. Cult Film Companion, thank you, Mark, is available on all major podcast platforms. Follow me on Twitter at Cult Film Comps, U-L-T-F-I-L-M-C-O-M-P, and you can find out when we're dropping new episodes and all that good stuff. So that's the best way to keep in touch with the cult film companion. All right. Thanks. Thanks for coming, uh, coming and talking about Mad Max. My pleasure. Uh, I know you're going to, you're going to be dropping our discussion of that other film yes. over on CFC. So uh, people check that out. That It's another great film. Uh, pick up the uh, Mad Max anthology. If you haven't already watched them all uh, uh, or, or don't already own them. Uh, but as for the visually stunning movie podcast, don't forget to like us and follow us on social media at VS movie podcast. Uh, if you're ever on YouTube, uh, visually stunning movie podcast, click subscribe. That would be great. Or go over to the website, VS movie And we've got a ton of stuff uh, in the pipe headed your way. So stay tuned for that. But, uh, thanks again for coming, Chris. Anytime. My pleasure. And, and we will talk to everyone later. Bye-bye. Night.